Welcome to the Springs Church Podcast, where we explore the teachings of Jesus Christ and how they can be applied to our daily lives. Join us as we delve into the Bible and discuss topics such as faith, hope, love, and forgiveness. Our mission is to inspire and empower our listeners to live a life of purpose and meaning and to deepen their relationship with God. Tune in every week for a new episode as we learn how the Bible, Holy Spirit, and a relationship with Jesus will impact every area of your life. How we approach God is of paramount importance. And religion has, has screwed a lot of things up. I said this in second service, but you will never hear religion preached from this pulpit. Never. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of cleanup that we have to do because of religion. I can't even sometimes get to the heart of the message because there's all these filters that people are hearing it through that we need to destroy. We need to break down those strongholds of religion. We need to help us see what we've been believing that's a lie, that's not for us. God is for us. And um, I strongly believe religion's against us. Jesus is for us, that everything God has for us is to bring us in close, so close. And religion will have you feel so distant, so unworthy, so having to strive and change who you are and, and, and not know that, that I can't know things and, and it's hard and life is about suffering. And when you read your Bible, you find out that you've been believing a lot of lies. When you bring your heart to the Bible and you say, Lord, you teach me. You show me your word because you're the one who can make this more real to me than anybody else. And um, my prayer is today that we get a little bit further in that journey together through the message that I believe God has put on my heart. And um, I always get so excited to talk to you guys because, (laughs) because, you know, I'm spending time in the word, I'm talking with God and he's challenging me and he's blessing me. And then I'm just like, oh, I can't wait to share it. And I always feel like I can't get it all out. And, um, but I always just trust Holy Spirit that the same Holy Spirit that uh, was with Jesus, the same Holy Spirit that was with Pastor Leon, well, that is with him now too, the same Holy Spirit that um, anointed the kings in the Old Testament, that's my Holy Spirit. That's your Holy Spirit. So there isn't any special people or anointed people or people who just, well, God talks to them more. No, they listen more. They listen for God. And they believe, they believe that they can hear him. Because we want to get to a place as believers where we take God at his word. And it's not just a cute little ditty that we say it, but that we literally seek him and go, God, what does it mean to take you at your word? That you don't approach him in your own understanding, but that you're leaning on him and you're, and you're leaning on him in all of your ways, you're acknowledging him. And I want to make that really practical for you today. I want to break down the walls of religion and help you realize that there is nothing stopping you from knowing God. And, um, you know, I met my husband online. Uh, Anybody else had to go that route? Um, (laughs) Lord bless us. It's quite the process. Um, (laughs) But I got a reward in the end. So Um, (laughs) how many of you know Jaden? You maybe met him in the coffee shop. He's often making a drink or... (laughs) He hates that. He's probably embarrassed that I 
Anyways, it's all good. Um, so, you know, I went on, I saw his profile, and when you, when you make a profile online, you, you fill out information about yourself, and you say who you are, and what you believe, and what you want, and what you're looking for, and, you know, and then I go on, and I read about this, and I learn about him, right? I learned about him from his profile, assuming what he told me was true, and, and the photos, and, you know, and, uh, you know, so I learned about him. But, you know, what happens... There's a big shift, there's a big change when you go from learning about someone to actually knowing and experiencing them. And so, you know, we can get in our heads sometimes um, in, follow the analogy, but you know, when you're online dating, you're like, oh, I wonder if he'll like me and like, maybe I'm not pretty enough, like he's really gorgeous and, or what if he doesn't look like his photo or what if, you know, when you start coming up with excuses and like, Oh, like, I don't know. But then when you take that step of faith to know this person and to experience them, and so we, we messaged each other, we called, um, our relationship was mostly long distance because we didn't live in the same city, and so we had to spend a lot of time getting to know each other and on the phone, and we would visit each other and go on dates. And, but what happens when you when you get to know somebody, when you experience them, you give them your attention. The only way I could know Jaden was that I believed I could get to know him and I gave him my attention. I gave him my time. You know, when, when you're spending time with someone and, they, and you don't have their full attention, <laughs> you know it. And, um, you know, when someone's talking to you and you haven't given them your full attention and then you miss everything they just said, right? And such is life with God. I believe that religion has somehow caused us to believe that, you know, well, I'm learning about him. Yeah, God's good. Yeah, he sent his son. And I'm reading my Bible and I'm learning about God. But when we take this step of understanding that I'm not called to just learn about him, but he's actually calling me to know him and to experience him, that that's what I'm being called into, that's when real transformation begins. That's when the Zoe life of God can come in and direct you and lead you because you've believed on him and you've given him your attention. You've said, Lord, I want to know you. I believe I can know you. I'm going to give you my attention. I want to learn all that you have for me. And that's why the enemy, if you've seen this, and I know many of you, this will resonate with you, is on a mission for your attention. He's on a mission for your heart, for your thoughts, for your mouth, because he knows the word just as much as God knows the word. We need to keep learning the word, but the word has a lot to say about the power of our tongue. That's why the enemy wants you speaking all that negativity and grumbling and complaining and doubt. But when we understand what God has said and we know that we can fill our mouth with what, what he has said and we give him our attention and we give him our mouth and we give him our thoughts and we show up and we're just like, Lord, I just, man, there's so many things that are trying to get my attention in this world. And sometimes we've gone that way, we've gone that route and we've, we've, we've realized how it leads to death how sin and, and living by your, your own desires and your own strength and trying to figure out life on your own. And we come to realize when we really surrender our heart to the word of God is that I was never meant to live my life alone. You were never meant to feel like you're all on your own, having to figure things out, knocking your head against the wall, just like, ugh, I got it wrong again. Like, how can I get it right? And that feeling is a good feeling. <laughs> it doesn't feel so good, does it? Because it's revealing to you that something's wrong. 
Something's not right here. I know there's more to this. Why am, I, why am I getting it wrong? Why am I frustrated? Why am I disappointed? Because you were not meant to live out of your own strength, your own abilities, out of your flesh, the Bible says. Um, John 6, 63 says, the spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Zero. And yet we get obsessed and connected to, because we, we are flesh and blood. God gave us a body. He gifted it with us. But we were never meant to live that first place. And if we live out of the flesh, out of our own five senses, what we feel, what we think, what we experience, and we see that as reality, and we try to approach God in our own understanding and us trying to put him in a box and like, okay, I get it, and I'm building him, and I'm just like, okay, then the flesh profits nothing. It's the spirit who gives life. So let's get that straight, right? God is the one who gives us life, and the enemy wants your attention, but God needs your attention to show you things, to lead you, to guide you, and um, you can know him, and you should know him because Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That's God talking to you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God doesn't play hide and seek, and we shouldn't either. You know, religion would have you think that he can't handle your mess. He can't handle your mistakes. He can't handle the worst things you've done that you feel shame over, that you feel condemnation. He can handle it and a whole lot more. <laughs> because before he formed you, before he even sent Jesus to the cross, he knew. He knows all things. He's, he's been here forever. He is, he is God. Give him a little bit more credit, please, right? That's what I feel like he says to me sometimes. Like, Eden, do you realize you're talking to God here? Like, you know, but God has a sense of humor. Uh, he'll never make you feel bad. He'll never make you feel like, well, you should have known better. But I do feel like he's like, come on, daughter. Trust me more. Come on, son. Like, I'm God. I knew you before you were even in your mother's womb. I formed you in my heart. I created you. I have plans for you. And you can go your own way, but the flesh profits nothing. And the spirit gives life. And we look back to Genesis and God's original intent was that we would walk and talk with him, that we would live with him, that our spirit would be filled with his spirit. Because he told Adam, if you eat from this tree, you'll surely die. Did Adam die? No. Physically, no. But he did die spiritually. So we see that a death took place and we see that he was separated from God and we see when we look at the Old Testament that God never gave up on us. And I need you to see that, that in the Old Testament and even today, God has always been and will always be pursuing you with his love. Does that bless you? That blesses me so much. And it says that we love because he first loved us right? So this ability to love comes from the creator, our father God, who made us out of love, who Ephesians 1 says, he chose us in him before the, in him, he chose us to be in him. So not alone, not in our own power, not in our own strength, before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame. Amen? Um, before him in love, so before the foundation of the world, he knew you and he chose you in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. We need Jesus. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life because Jesus came and he was our replacement. He was our, what we couldn't do, Jesus said, 
I'll do it. God said, I love my family too much. I don't want this ruined. I, I, I want them. I love them. I have plans for them. We need, to, we need to bring as many as we can home to us in heaven. We need to tell people, I made you. I'm pretending to be God here. God needs to tell people, I made you. I love you. And you're frustrated and you're, and you're tormented and you're traumatized because you don't know me, but I'm going to keep pursuing you and I'm going to keep, keep showing you how much I love you and I'm going to send people across your path, but God has to use people. The authority was given to man and so God the reason why we really need to know him is because he has plans for us and as we know him and as we experience him and as we listen for his voice and as we act on his voice, which is also the word of God, as we act on the word, it's anointed, it's blessed and people will come to know God simply because you know him. And if you don't know him and if you let yourself live in excuses and reasons why I can't hear from God and I can't know him and the Bible's just too complicated, no, it's not. He didn't write it for theologians and pastors. But man, religion has a way of making you feel like you can't get it. That's not the heart of God. God wrote this word as a love letter, as a promise. It's ordained. It's been spoke. God spoke it first. So receive it. He spoke it. Now are you going to believe it? The choice is yours. He's given you free will and he will guard your free will right to the gates because love does not control. Love does not manipulate. Love does not force someone to love them back. We chose, Adam and Eve chose, but the good news is, is that God is good and he never stops pursuing us, but he will honor your choice and your free will. But the word is full of what choices we should make. The word is full of who he is, how he made us, who he made us to be, what we can do with him, what we would do without him. It's very clear. It's very straightforward. But if you approach the word being like, oh, I just can't get it and this is too hard, that is where you will live. What you choose, what you believe, it's really that simple. So I want to put a fire under us today to go, I'm God's daughter. I'm God's son. Before I was formed in the womb, he knew me and he has plans for me and he loves me and I can know him and I can experience him. Amen? There's a Pharisee. Yeah, give God a hand. Thank you, Lord. Um, the Bible says in Matthew that a Pharisee who was a lawyer said to Jesus, Jesus, what is the greatest law of all the commandments? Which one's the greatest? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul. I'm sure you know this one. With all of your mind, with all of your strength. And uh, the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So everything in the word hangs on what? Love. Love, love, not shame. God did not come to condemn the world, John 3, 17, if you've not read the second verse, but he came to save it, amen? God came to save you, so let him save you. Even after, no, I know some of you might be sitting here being like, oh, this, this message is for people who don't know God. Oh no, listen up. This message is for those of us who have been walking with him for a long time too, because there is more to God. There is more that he wants for your marriage, for your health, for your emotions. The word will meet you where you're at. If where you are at is pretty distant, it'll meet you there. But if you give him more, love the Lord your God with all all of your heart. If I only give God some of my attention and then I live in my fear and my doubt and my unbelief, well, God healed that person. But that verse must just be for the people who, ah, no. <laughs> and what does the word do? The, I love the song we sang today. It's shouting down the lies. 
Jesus said that, John 8, 31 to 32. If you abide in my word, then you will be my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So when you know the truth, when you abide in his word, because that is how we know him, we are abiding in his word. Why? Because the words I speak are spirit and life, right? That's how John 6, 63 ends. The spirit gives life, the flesh profits nothing. And the words I speak to you are spirit and life, Jesus said. So when you open your Bible, you're not reading it to check off some checklist of I'm a good Christian today and I got my life in order. It's giving, just like I would get to know Jaden and I would give him my attention. And the more attention I gave Jaden and the more dates we went on, the more I understood him and I knew him and I learned him to the point where you can almost predict things about some of your closest friends and spouses because you get to know each other so well. But then there's a danger to that. You can enter to familiarity where you assume you know everything about them. And that's not where we want to be either with God. <laughs> we want to seek to know him and understand that he is a big God. And there is so much to him that I don't know. And I need to continually surrender. And I'm not arriving in this place of, oh, I know God. I know everything. No, that's pride. I should always be loving him with all of my heart, all of my soul. It's not arriving and then I don't need him anymore. It's living with him, loving him with all of my heart every day, every moment, in every trial, in every storm, because he wants to lead me. He wants to guide me. He wants to teach me things. And when we receive this, when we realize he loves us, Jesus said, John 17, 3, um, he's praying to God. And I love that we get to see Jesus's prayers in the Bible and see how he talked to God. And, you know, because he's our example. Um, as Jesus is in this world, so are we, the Bible says. And so how he talks to God in his heart, I love hearing his heart, but he's talking to God here and he says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus is talking about himself here. This is eternal life. You know, the enemy would like you to think that eternal life is I have a home in heaven and then I suffer on earth and things don't make sense and there's just things I don't know and we just can't know God. Like, come on, Eden, he's God. No, <laughs> I can see how your reasoning got you there, but if you've not been reading your Bible, your Bible will tell you that you can know him, that he wants to teach you all things and eternal life, yes, your home is heaven when you receive the gift, the gift of salvation from Jesus. But, you are called to kingdom of heaven on earth and the choice as to how much of kingdom of heaven comes to you on earth is your choice. It's my choice. And so am I gonna love the Lord my God with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind, all of my strength? But our logic, our flesh can get us caught sometimes. Well, I don't know what that means. Ah, oh, forget it, it's too hard. What? Don't shortchange yourself. Don't rob yourself from all that Jesus has already provided. Every promise is yes and amen. Jesus said it is finished. So there is no more that God needs to do for you, but there sure is a lot God needs to teach you. Nothing God needs to do, but he needs to lead you and teach you in what he has done, right? So he is leading and teaching you in what has already been accomplished. He's leading and teaching you who he made you to be, who I know you to be because I knew you even before I formed you in the womb. So that's his heart. That's his pleasure is to teach you and to guide you. And eternal life is knowing him, not just learning about him, not just reading and just, oh, cool, you know, God's good. And yeah, it says he sent Jesus. But the fact that you approach it in this, oh man, he did this for me. For God so loved 
Eden. You start to read your Bible differently. You start putting your name in there. You start realizing this is a personal love letter written specifically to me and you own it and you speak it and you receive it and the length at which you will give him your heart is the length at which you will know him. He can handle it all. He can handle every frustration. He can handle every question you have. I don't know why, but we feel like we can't take our questions of doubt to him or or our unbelief and he goes, child, Come talk to me about the thoughts you're having and come tell me what it is you're struggling with and my truth will make you free. Let me speak to you through my truth. And what do we do? We go, we, 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 we stew on it or we, or we Google something. Like, what in the world? Did Google know you before it formed you? No, it did not form you in your mother's womb. But we treat Google like God and I'm mean, not, it's fine to search the internet, but I'm just saying get the priorities straight, right? Don't go there first. Um, because he wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. And in Jeremiah 33.3, if you've never heard this before, people call it God's phone number. (laughs) Call to me and I will answer you. God's phone number, Jeremiah 33.3. And show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Call to me and I will answer you. What must happen first? Call to me. Call to me and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things. And some people say, well, why do I have to call? Why can't he just whoop? Well, that's not much of a relationship, is it? That'd be boring. That would not be an adventure. A relationship is, I love being in relationship with my husband. I, even when it's frustrating, I love that there's more to know, and there's more to experience, and with my kids, and with my mom, and with my siblings, and with my friends, and with you guys, that there's this adventure of getting to know someone, and experiencing them, and God is calling you into that, and just when you think you know him, don't ever let yourself think you've arrived there, there's more. There is more for you in every area, so don't get complacent, and camp out, and go, well, this just must, this just must be all that there is. Yeah, if that's, what you, if that's what you want to receive, if that's what you want to believe, God honors your free will to choose. But he'll never stop pursuing you. He's always speaking to you. He's always leading and guiding you. But I liken it to kind of like this, and I mentioned it already before, but someone can be talking to you, and if you're not paying attention, you can miss it all. And so God has called you first. In 1 Corinthians 9, 5, um, 1, 9, 1, 9. By him, you were called into companionship and participation with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. God called you first. God called you. And he said, I want you to be my son and my daughter. You are my son and my daughter, but I hope you choose to be my son and my daughter because I'm calling you into relationship with me. I'm calling you to participate with me because I can't make you do anything. God can't make you speak kindly to someone. God can't make you choose him. He gave you full autonomy, full free will, but he will lead you and guide you into all truth. And it's all there and all the truth is there, but you have to choose to surrender and go, Lord, I love you with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind, all of my strength. I wanna follow your teaching. I, I believe that you lead me. I believe that if I call out to you, but I believe that some Christians never even get to the call part. Because we sit around and we give excuses and we go, oh, God's really busy and oh, he doesn't really care about that. He cares about, the Bible says he's numbered the hairs on your head. Do you know how much hair I lose every day? Like the fact that he cares about how much hairs are on my head every day, I'm just like, what? Like he loves you so much that he even cares about the things that you think are insignificant. 
because the flesh profits you nothing, but the spirit gives life. So let him teach you and guide you. So don't stop yourself from calling to him. And I want you to experiment with this this week where you would normally just try to carry it on your own and try to figure it out in your own strength. We all do it, me included. And God says, cast your cares on me. Why are we so obsessed with carrying everything and doing it in our own strength? When God said, let me care for you. Don't worry about anything, the word says, but pray about everything. What does that mean? Call to God, the maker of the universe, the one who has always been here and knows he's the giver of all good things. He's given you all you need for life and godliness. All you need is in him and he is in you. In him we live and move and have our being. Acts 17, 28. In him. We are called to live in him. So there is a reason you get frustrated when you're living in yourself. There is a reason you feel disappointed when you are trying to understand your spouse in your own strength. You were never meant to. You were meant to live in him and you can live in him as you choose that he's my God, he's my savior. And this is a daily thing. This is a moment by moment. And most of us should understand this because even with my husband, even with my children, it's a daily choice for me to love them. It's a daily choice for me to not let my emotions or my frustrations or the day or a disappointment get in the way and change how I treat them or how I approach them. It's the same with God. You have to guard your heart with all diligence, Proverbs 23, 7. God can't guard your heart for you. But if he says you can do it, you can do it. If God says you can guard your heart, you can guard your heart. So don't even, like, life gets better when you stop questioning the word. Life gets so much better when you're like, I don't need to understand it. I'm just believing it. I'm just going after it. I'm just receiving it because I'm his child. He knew me before he formed me in the womb. And this confidence that rises up in you, the more you know him, the more you believe he's speaking to me. He wants to guide me in all things, in my food, what time I go to bed, how I speak to my husband, what job I have, where we live, what church we go to, what team I, I serve on at church. He cares about it all. And yet we shortchange ourselves and we rob ourselves from the fullness of his relationship because we think, I don't know, I it's like subliminal. I don't know. We even just, we just do it in our own strength. But call to me and I will answer you. Know my word and it will set you free. There's so many things you don't need to call God on. That's another lie of religion. All these things that you don't know, but if you read your Bible, there's so many things I don't need to ask God about. Should I forgive this person? He says, forgive quickly. There's so many things that are distractions. That like the enemy wants you to think you don't have it and you can't understand it. Well, if I open my Bible, it gives me really clear direction on my finances, on how I am in my relationship. So there's so many things when you start reading your word for who am I? Who did he make me to be? How do I walk in truth and in the spirit and not in the flesh? Okay, I forgive quickly, Lord. And then you call to him for help. Lord, you are in me. Help me, help me to forgive. I want to forgive. He needs to hear your response to his call. I choose your word over the way I've been trying to do things. Cause this is messy. This sucks. Let's just be honest. When I try to do it in my own strength, this is no fun. And Lord, I understand, I need you. So Lord, you make it clear. And you'll find, you, I've never heard the audible voice of God, but I have sure when I looked for him, huh, the thoughts that he'll, he'll drop into my head, they feel like my thoughts, but they line up with his word. They bless me. He'll bring a scripture to my remembrance. That's what Holy Spirit's supposed to do, right? Jesus said in John 14, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. There's that all word again, <laughs> all things, and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. 
So when someone says to you, well, we just can't know that. Yes, we can. Holy Spirit says he's going to teach me all things. And maybe it's not like he's just going to drop everything into my heart today, but I trust that in my journey of this life, he's teaching me and that I lack no good thing and that God wants to lead and guide me by his word. And I need to keep crucifying my flesh (laughs) because the flesh profits nothing. So I need to keep saying, self, you get out of the way. Emotions, thoughts, you're going to line up with what God says. We're going to think to God, not think to ourselves. I want to think to the Spirit. All right, Spirit, I want your thoughts, not my thoughts. I want to know you, Lord, and I believe I can. And this adventure of knowing him is very personal. And I just want to challenge you to just do it. Stop asking questions. Well, how is he going to show me? Well, have you even called him yet? Because how are you going to know if you haven't tried it? And, and, and he will meet you where you are, even in your, your doubt and your unbelief can be a stumbling block. But I believe if you surrender it to him, that it's no longer a stumbling block because you're going to the one who knows how to show you how to overcome fear, how to not let doubt stand in your way. So he'll, if you're listening, if you're giving him your attention, he'll reveal to you why that doubt's there or, or what happened. And Eden, let it go. Cast your cares on me. Let my truth set you free, Eden. Quit, quit being in the flesh. Quit trying to figure this out in your own strength and let me live in you and through you. Let him live in you and through you and call to me and I will answer you. You know, this thing about experiencing God. um, I love this verse here. It says, Psalms 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Don't just learn about him. Don't just hear about him from your friends or, or hear how, how the pastor tasted and saw, look what God did. And don't sit there and think that my stories and my relationship, oh, well, that's for Eden. Oh, well, that's for Pastor Leon. He's special. God called him. God called you too. God called you into companionship, into participation, and you get to decide how much you're going to participate. And I say, let's give them all. Let's love the Lord with all of our heart, all of our soul. What does that look like? How do we love God with all of our heart, all of our soul? We do what he did. Everything he calls us to, he role modeled first. He calls us to love because he loved. He calls us to forgive because he forgived. He tells us to to, uh, love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, our mind and strength because he loved us first. And he's been pursuing you and will continue to pursue you your whole life. Now you just need to pursue him. That's all love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength means. Don't get caught up in making it complicated. Just say, Lord, I'm going to pursue you each and every day, not just on Sundays, not just when I feel good. You can handle the days where I'm not feeling good and you can actually show me how to make your joy my strength. You can remind me that I have peace. Why am I living in fretting. I have peace inside of me. I choose peace. And it won't make sense to other people. And it won't even make sense to me. But I have it. And it's God. And it's not from me. It's from him. And when we get things straight and we let the truth minister to us, man, does it minister to us. Man, does it comfort us and help us. What was Holy Spirit called? The helper. If he's helping you, there's things you do. He doesn't do it. 
He helps you do it because you have free will. You have choices. So as you just trust God and go, Lord, okay, I don't know what Eden's talking about and I don't even know how I'm going to hear you, but she said call to you and Jeremiah says that. So I'm going to take you at your word and Lord, I'm calling to you right now and this has been frustrating me. So Lord, show me in your word, help me. And he'll start to look, if you give him your attention, because if you just speak the prayer and go on with life and then give your attention to everything else, God's calling you to give him your attention 24-7. And it's not this super spiritual thing where you're walking around, shh, 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 I'm talking to God. It's not this like super spiritual thing. I, I need to give God my attention. He understands your life. He understands the things and he's speaking to your spirit and he's guiding you with how to speak to your child. And he's, he's using his word to show you how to be the best wife, the best husband, how to be a businessman that closes deals that you never thought you could close because it's not about what you can close. It's about what you can do with God in you and through you. And how can two walk together unless they agree? And we're not getting God in agreement with what we think. I did not make the world. I did not send my son to die for all of you guys. I did not create me in my mother's room and knew me before. Let's get things straight. When we receive God for who he is and we go, oh my goodness, you're the creator and you love me? Oh my goodness, you only have good in you? Well, then I'm never gonna blame you for any evil thing ever again. And you start to make the truth your authority, your, this is the standard. I will not say things that are not of God. I will not tell him, amen. I will not tell God who he is. I mean, unless it's the scripture. But I will let him tell me who he is and I will receive it and then I will confess who he says he is and I will not let the flesh, which profits me nothing, get in the way or my friend or my neighbor or my spouse or my grandkid. Oh, mom, I don't think God can talk to you. People will come and they won't understand what you are understanding right now and the revelation and the journey that you're going on. And that's okay. Don't let it be another roadblock. Just keep pursuing God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. And you know what will happen? He'll show you how to love that person and reveal God to them. Because, well, honey, I believe that God does speak to me and he wants to lead me. And I believe God wants to do that for you too. And that's okay if you're not there right now, but you just watch mommy because I'm going to take him at his word and I'm going to go after everything he came to give me. And no, I'm not perfect, honey. We're not promising perfection to our children because that would just be awful. You know, none of us are perfect. Mommy's going to make mistakes, but I believe God loves me and that as I pursue him and I give him more of my heart, I will make less mistakes. You will. You will make less mistakes. You will not struggle with sin. The more of you, you give him. How amazing is that? So just this journey, this this experience, this relationship, I want you to know that you are called to know him, but it's your choice that I believe, whosoever believes, they are called the children of God, is what Jesus said. When you say, yes, I don't even need to understand the whole thing. The flesh profits you nothing. So quit trying to understand it in your logic. And just, there's something beautiful about, I know this is a cliche slogan, but letting go and letting God. There's something beautiful about letting go of the excuses, letting go of the reasons why you can't hear God. Did God say, my sheep know my voice? They hear my voice. Yes. In John, he said, my sheep hear my voice. And so whenever I feel like, oh, did I hear you? I say, no, Lord. I say no to the flesh. And I say yes to your word. You said, I hear you. So I trust that as I call to you, I will hear you. And you will make known to me great things and teach me things I do not know. But I need to know that I don't know. 
I need to know that I need to go somewhere to know. Why would I go anywhere else? If the creator of the universe, Father God says, come to me, call to me. And in Daniel 11:32 it says, but the people who know their God shall be strong. Who want some strength in their life today. The people who believe they can know their God, who pursue their God. Man, God, you love me. I need to pursue you and find out what that means. And I want that love in my marriage. And I want that love in my speech. And I want that love in my personality. Lord, change me. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be married to what I think is right and, what, and who I am. Oh, God's gonna do a transformation in you when you love him with all of your heart, all of your soul, and it'll be the best thing, the best thing, because how does it end? The, the people who know their God will be strong and um, carry out great exploits. You're called to an adventure. You feel that, right? I feel that. I feel that there's more to this life. I feel that I'm, I'm, he- I'm here for a purpose. I know, I know I can do more. I know, I know. But what we need to realize is that I'm called to do it with him. I'm called to get into agreement with him. I'm not asking God to get into agreement with me because I want his dreams. I want his ways. He's the God of Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He parted the Red Seas. I want to part the Red Sea. I want to I wanna do some of these things. And what did Jesus say? You will do the same things I have done and actually greater, greater things will you do if you believe, if you trust, if you follow, if you give me all your heart. Why does he need all all your heart? Why does he need all your mind, all your strength? Because God is so big. God is so wonderful. God is love and joy and peace. And don't you want it all? Don't you want him to fill all of you? It's not that he's trying to control you and give you what you don't want and manipulate you and, oh, he's going to call me to be a missionary. Whatever God calls you to, you're going to find that as you seek him, he gives you the desires. And as you are pursuing him, you are so excited. You are so on fire because God has a plan. God has a dream. Even if today you think, no, my dream's destroyed. No, what I thought was my dream, God has a plan. And he will show you, if you surrender it to him, he will show you great things. Not just things, but great things in every area of life. Thank you, Jesus. I want to believe that for me, but you've got to believe that for you. And God's saying you can do it because he knows you. He made you. And he knows what you and him are capable of together. That's why he's pursuing you. Not only because he loves you, because Ephesians says that he prepared good works in advance for you to do. So you don't come to God in good works, but he made you for a purpose. And there's good things that you're going to do on this earth. And he's pursuing you because he's like, I know what I can do with her. I know what we can accomplish together. I know what I've called him to. And if he would just call out to me, and he does, he tries to reach you through messages on Sunday, through worship. But what do we do? Ah, that's probably not God. We, We like, we shuck it off. Come on, I've done it before. You for sure have done it before. We were like, oh, was that God? Well, why don't you call out to him and ask? Why don't you just say, Lord, I believe you're going to meet me where I am. I believe you love me. Start speaking his promises over you. Lord, okay, this is weird. I've never done this before, but you love me. And I'm going to confess that. And I'm going to declare life. And you've blessed me with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And I believe that. And I don't know what that means, God, but would you show me? Like, just speak in normal language to him because he gets you. You don't need to be formal with God. You don't need to, that's religion. So we got to really... Until you can uproot all of that religion, and you will, God will show you, God will lead you and guide you to the point where everything has just been weeded out of there. And you've got this beautiful soil, this beautiful soil of your heart, the word says. And when the word plants, it's going to bring a harvest. 
Their healing lives in you, peace lives in you, joy lives in you, purpose lives in you. Don't shortchange yourself. Don't talk yourself out of it. That's what we do. We talk ourselves out of it. Let's stop doing that and let's surrender our voice to Him. Let's surrender our heart, Lord. And every morning and every night, just this continual posture of just surrender. God, you love me. I wanna love you with everything I am. Will you show me how to do that? And He will. You trust Him and you just, you experiment with it this week because I can't wait to hear the stories. And um, please send in your praise reports because I'm excited to hear how, how He showed you great things this week and just trusting and believing. And then I wanna end here. Um, well, maybe end a couple times. Second Corinthians 10.5 says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So I know I got you revved up and you're excited and you're motivated and you're like, wow. But there's a process to this. As you get to know him and as you experience him, you are still you and you've got to get good at dying to the flesh and at realizing the thoughts that are against the word. And you're only going to know what thoughts are against the word as you know the truth, as you abide in my word, Jesus said. Live in there because he, it's spirit, it's life. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, he was with God in the beginning. What is your Bible? God. It's him. It's his spirit. So let his words teach you there first. And as you learn his word, you're going to start hearing his, you're going to recognize his voice because you're getting his voice in you through his word. And, um, but, but then the other thing is, is every time an argument comes from someone you know, every time a philosophy or, or a thought comes to you that you know is against what you're learning in the word, you have to cast it down. You have to take it captive. Anything that rises up against the knowledge of God. Because Satan wants your attention. Satan wants to teach you something and just skew it a little. What did he say to Eve? If you eat this fruit, God knows you'll be like him. Do y'all read your Bible? Do you know what he said about her two verses before? Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Like Eve, you're already like him. How did he get you there? But that's okay. God, God fixed it all. But, you know, she should have called out to God and went, who is this ugly serpent thing? And how did he get in here? And what is he saying? That she had Jeremiah 33, 3. She walked and talked with God in the cool of the day. She knew she could call out to him. But what do we do? We talk ourselves out of it. We go, oh, well, yeah. Did he say I could be like him? Well, Eve, if you forgot, just call on him because he will remind you. That's what the helper's job is to do is remind you um, of what Jesus said. John 14 says that. Bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. That's what Holy Spirit's job is. So if you can't remember, if you don't know, if something feels wrong, like, oh, I don't know if this is the Bible, call to God. Lord, so-and-so said this, and it's just not setting right with me. Will you just teach me? I'm going to search your word. I believe you're going to lead me and guide me into all truth. And you just go to him. You just call to him. And I tell you, as you just keep doing this, you're going to be amazed at just how much he has for you, how much direction and truth and guidance that he wants to lead you in because he wants to do great exploits with you. But you need to taste it. Quit looking at it. Like I'm using a different analogy yet, but like, well, Eden, what does the mango taste like? Well, you know, it's like this and you can learn about it, you know, and it kind of got this, this kind of sweet taste, but it's got like this kick and the texture and the blah, blah, blah. Oh, taste it already. Taste it and see what it tastes like. And so it's the same thing with God. We make all these excuses and faith is not dead. Faith moves. Faith is alive. And so until you call on him, I can tell you all I want. Well, he's so good. And like, look at how he talked to me. But until you do it for yourself, 
You've got to taste it to see that he's good for you. Right? Amen. Amen. Why do we do this? Because Mark 16, and he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. God has called you to some pretty great exploits, but it comes from knowing people who know their God will be strong. It's not in your effort. It's not in your power. It's in him we live and move. And so we need him every day, every moment. And we can call on him anytime we want. And um, that's what he's called us to. And I believe if the church rises up to that, Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. And if we do our part and we participate, man, the world will, have to, the world will just have to be like, okay, I don't know, this God, he's got to be real. Look at what's happening. And that, that makes no sense what's happening in your life. I know. I know, I just call on God and he teaches me things I don't know and he's, he's showing me great things and he can do it for you too. Never make it feel religion and all that who he makes you feel like it's, it's not touchable. It's, oh, oh, no, no. Old Testament had priests who was the mediator, but who's the mediator now in the New Testament? Jesus. Jesus is the mediator who connected us to God and Holy Spirit empowers you to live through God and you can. And so receive that in Jesus' name. <laughs> Let's pray. <laughs> Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you sent your word and you healed us. Thank you, Lord, that Jesus came, he died, he rose again, and that in him, that we can have all things that we need for life, for godliness, that goodness and mercy chase us down. Thank you, Lord, that you call us to know you, that you wanna lead us and guide us into all truth. And Lord, I pray that we'd believe that with an even greater degree today, that we would pursue you just like you've been pursuing us. And man, when we connect, when we agree, Lord, great exploits great things, all for the glory of Jesus, all for your glory, Lord, not ours. And um, God, so we just thank you for this. And with every head bowed and, and eye closed, if you're here today and you want to know Jesus, you want to give your life to him, the Bible says that whosoever believes and confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart that Jesus died for me. I don't know everything, but what Eden's saying, there's something going on inside of me and there's truth just, it feels real, it feels right. That's Holy Spirit reaching out to your spirit saying, I'm right here and I wanna love you and I wanna lead you and I wanna guide you. And if that's you today, would you just raise up your hand so I know I'm praying with you? We're gonna pray this together, thank you. Anybody else? You just raise that, thank you. Anyone else? Thank you, awesome. All right, let's pray this prayer together. Dear God, I thank you that you sent your son. I believe that Jesus died for me. I don't want my ways. I wanna follow you. Thank you for filling me with your presence. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.